Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. For me, it was the right fit against the New York Giants. Like, this is, this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and we have reached the final week of the NFL regular season. And for the first time since 2016, the New York Giants won't be packing their bags on Monday and heading into another offseason of big-time change and even bigger disappointment. The Giants are headed to the playoffs courtesy of their clinching victory over the Colts. We went through that game and recapped it on our post-game podcast Sunday night from MetLife Stadium. Hopefully you tuned in and downloaded that one and listened. We've enjoyed doing all of our post-game podcasts this season, and we will have at least one more in the playoffs. We'll see what Sunday night looks like. It may be worth waiting until Monday if we don't get that playoff schedule set uh, or we'll do one late Sunday based on the finalization of the playoff schedule who the Giants will see and we'll get to that in a second right now before I get into any further breakdown and today's guest will be Giants offensive lineman Nick Gates Uh, Sat down with him after practice on Thursday, so I hope you'll enjoy that one. But right now, I want to send thoughts and prayers, continued thoughts and prayers, to DeMar Hamlin and his family and friends. And as we've realized over the last four days or so since Hamlin was injured during the game on Monday night between the Buffalo Bills, his team, and the Cincinnati Bengals, suffering cardiac arrest, needing CPR to be resuscitated, and now has spent the time since in the ICU at the University of Cincinnati Hospital. This is a story and an incident and really a player who has struck a chord within this entire league and certainly deep ties within the Giants' locker room. You can catch our stories on NorthJersey.com from Wednesday and Thursday morning in terms of what this has meant to the Giants, to the players, to Brian Dable and general manager Joe Shane, who were in Buffalo with DeMar, 24-year-old from the University of Pittsburgh. He played with Giants safety Jason Pinnock there, Nick McLeod, Davis Webb, Jonathan Feliciano, Isaiah Hodgins, all talking on Wednesday expressing their emotions for DeMar 
great to get the news Thursday that he has shown tremendous progress, incredible progress in his recovery. He is still on a ventilator. His doctors say that that is now the process by which they will ultimately determine when he gets to go home. And that is something that is welcomed and seriously a a remarkable, really miraculous situation to be talking about him going home at some point after the nervousness and anxiety and just the reminder of just how frail and fragile life can be with a freak accident on the football field in a routine play in which he made a tackle on T. Higgins, the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, and then obviously what unfolded after that. I have to admit, and this struck me before I sat down to, to record this, is that Monday night, the thing that stuck with me the most were the the looks on the faces of the Bills players, and even some of the Bengals players. Josh Allen's anguish stuck with me and talking to Davis Webb on Wednesday he said that's when he knew because he's been a teammate of Josh Allen he knew Josh Allen is not going to be at that level unless something was dire and clearly in that moment it was so that's been something that I've carried with me since Monday and reporting this story and being in the locker room yesterday just the somber tones of what the Giants were dealing with Uh, being so close to the Buffalo organization in terms of Joe Shane being here, Brian Dable being here, Laurie Young, uh, director of coaching operations, Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach. Uh, It goes on and on. Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach. There are a lot of people here who were affected by this and really were affected by it throughout the league. But also talking to people players in the locker room who were affected by this who didn't know DeMar or may have known him uh, from being in similar circles. Saquon Barkley from the recruiting aspect of it in Pennsylvania. Julian Love knew him uh, working at youth camps. And really more than anything else, as Love said, this is a brotherhood. This is a brother. This is somebody who you look at and you say, this could have been me. He said, I'm the same age, 24 years old. I play the same position. It could have happened that way. So you come to Thursday, and with the positivity that's coming out of the hospital there, officially, from the doctors who gave a press conference via Zoom on Thursday. And the best story coming out of that is that not only is... DeMar Hamlin squeezing the hands of people in his hospital room. But as he's coming out of sedation, they had a pad there next to the the bed and he wrote down for one of his nurses who won the game. The idea that he could go right back to that moment and wanted to know who won the game and they told him you won the game because you won the game of life. And to go back to that idea of seeing emotions on people's faces, I was in the locker room and when Nick McLeod walked in Thursday, today, and then Jason Pinnock walked in, 
I happened to be in the general vicinity and I had the pleasure, the absolute pleasure to tell them what had happened. And my initial thought was find out if they heard because they were out of practice and we had just left the media workroom watching the news conference and seeing the smiles of relief on both of their faces told separately. Now, I'm not saying I may have been the one who told them. I'm not sure, but it certainly seemed to that respect. And knowing how relieved they were, and they both said, that's just DeMar. D-Ham, I think, that's what Pinnock said. It, it really, in a span of 24 hours, seeing where they were yesterday to seeing where they are now, the amount of support, not just for their physical health, but their mental health, and all the players, that goes for all the players, having to step back out on the field and go through practice yesterday with the visions of what transpired Monday night fresh in their minds. It was a good day today at the Giants because it seemed like representative of the entire league, the good news coming out for DeMar Hamlin almost gave them reason to move forward now and try to get ready for a game this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles in which the Giants have nothing to gain positioning-wise for the playoffs. So I'll get to that after our interview with Nick Gates. But overall, I think the Giants, like I said, it, it was a day of relief and the emotions are on an uptick. So now, without any further ado, after kind of letting you into the locker room a little bit the last couple, the last two days, it's time for my sit-down with Nick Gates. You all know his story. We got into that a little bit and how remarkable his comeback is. He was a captain last year for the Giants, and I don't think there's any question that he would still be a captain here with the Giants had he not gotten injured. He was awarded for his coverage his coverage earlier this year. Giants teammates voting him and honoring him for that. And now he's an integral part of this offense. So here's my interview with Nick Gates. All right, joining me now in the Giants Fieldhouse. You know, it's kind of surreal because my guest, the last couple of years, obviously we don't want to talk about last year. Well, we'll get into last year, but, uh, you know, you've been pre- be preparing for Baggy Day. And my guest is Nick Gates. And for the first time in his career, it is the playoffs for the New York Giants. So week 18 is just another step. Nick, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. So, you know, let, let's talk about that. How strange is it? How surreal is it? How satisfying is it to know that you are not preparing for the final game of this season? It's nice. I literally just got the chills a little bit, to, you know, just thinking about it. It's nice not having to, you know, book a plane ticket and, you know, start packing up my apartment so this early. So hopefully we go on a little run in the playoffs and, uh, you know, win a couple of games, you know, see what happens. So we're, we're playing good football right now. So I'm excited to, you know, hopefully head in the right direction. You have had an amazing season when you consider the emotions involved mm-hmm. in terms of 
will you be back, how grueling it was going to be, and not only have you gotten back, but you are now an integral part again of this offensive line and this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't really have time to think about it, but can you put that in perspective uh, where you are right now compared to where you were really just a couple months ago? Yeah, I mean, even just a year ago till now, I never thought this would be, you know, where I was at and back, you know, as a, you know, a part of the offense line and playing meaningful snaps, you know, in December and in January. It's uh it's been surreal. It's been a uh, it's been cool. You know, my, my teammates all, you know, helped me out and picked me up and the coaches, they all done a good job and it's 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 been it's been awesome. You know, I love it. Wanted to ask you about two videos that the Giants put out on their website. One is essentially a Nick Gates documentary, mm-hmm. which was pretty sick. I yeah. mean that really well done uh, in terms of your recovery and your comeback. How many times have you watched that, if at all, and when you see it put out like that, having lived it what is that like? Yeah, no, I've watched that like two or three times. I'd rewind it and, you know, the first couple parts, you know, showing my leg because some of those views I never saw before. Like, I've seen the, the sideline. I saw our film on it, but I've never seen like, like it was like directly, you know, focused on me and seen yeah. my leg, you know, basically in a 90 degree angle. And, you know, it was pretty cool. I kind of, I, I keep watching it. And I feel like a lot of people think it's probably weird, but I keep watching it and reliving it and not reliving it necessarily, but just, just watching it. And it's like, I'm like, a, it's still like, kind of a little an awe and like kind of amazed at myself now sometimes you know I wasn't really during the you know during the process of it really like I didn't like what am I trying to say like think it was like inspirational and things like that but now looking back on it I'm like oh it kind of it is a little bit like it is you know a lot of people looked up to it and it helps them get through hard times seeing you know me go through something like that and you know I'm starting to think of it more like that and it's 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 been pretty cool when people talk about that inspiration the inspirational story I mean I I when when the Giants put that documentary out I I retweeted it and said you know it's hard to believe that there's anyone more deserving of being the comeback player of the year in the NFL Mm. Saquon Barkley actually echoed that and he's been at the top as one of the favorites to win comeback player of the year obviously for different circumstances when someone says that to you what does that how does that make you feel what what do you think about that in terms of you know possibly be in contention for that yeah to be honest i really haven't thought about that i just kind of you know try to stay focused on you know my job and what i got to do week in and week out like it'd be cool you know achievement to win that and stuff but at the end of the day it's you know it's really just kind of a award it you know it means it, it means a lot but at the same time it's you know it is what it is it's not you know helping me win ball games or things like that at the end of the day do you feel like you've completely moved past that now? Yeah. Past that chapter? Oh yeah. Seriously, right, since uh, Seattle, I moved right right on. I, that was like my one game. I was like, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to make it, you know, not special, but like, you know, a little bit of emotions coming through. But after that, I was like, I need to shut it off. And, you know, it's it's done and over with. You know, that was the one game. And it's time to go play football and, you know, focus on winning games and trying to make playoffs, which we did now. The, the other video that I, I brought up, I don't know if you've seen it. I mm-hmm. asked Daniel Jones, and he said he had not seen it yet, was the sights and sounds from Sunday's clincher with you and Daniel on the sideline. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah I and saw it the other day. Take, take me take me back to that. I mean, how did you – was it just one of those random things that you just happened to be standing next to each other? Yeah, I just walked, saw him standing over there, a big smile on his face, and, you know, I just – you know, I'm proud of that kid. He's, he's come through, you know, and achieved a lot and overcome a lot of things, just, you know, being the fans and, you know, just being dragged and, you know, fans weren't too happy about that. And, you know, to see him overcome that and not let that bother him and, you know, just keep pushing every, you know, week in and week out to, you know, just to, to be ready for games, it's uh, pretty amazing. And uh, I'm so proud of him and, you know, what he's done. And, you know, I'm, I'm finally happy he's getting the recognition he deserves. 
Did, did you guys realize what was going on that last drive when he was in there, That about eight minutes to go? And no, I didn't actually realize that, that they were going to take him out. So Did you hear Did you hear the crowd starting chanting I his heard name him get, at that yeah, point? Yeah, I, I didn't hear the, his name getting chanted. I didn't really pay attention. I was too worried about getting the play call from, you know, Tyrod. But right. I thought I, I heard them, you know, get loud, like start screaming and getting loud. So that was, I was happy for that. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to hear that and, you know hear them do that for him especially you know him you know you know he doesn't like the spotlight he's never been like that so for for him to finally get that is it's it's awesome I'm, I'm, it's awesome what was that like down the stretch of that game on sunday when you know i don't know if it was getting a little chippy with the colts but Daniel took a couple shots, really delivered yeah. a couple shots too. Oh yeah. I, I know I don't have to tell you twice to to go defend your quarterback but did you guys kind of feel like you know what this is this is a, you're not going to take shots on our quarterback down the stretch. Yeah, it doesn't matter when it is. The first game of the year, we're a losing record. We have you know the best record. It doesn't matter. That stuff shouldn't be you know it's not acceptable as offense alignment and shouldn't you know it should be dealt with no matter what. So it's uh you know they they tried to do they got you know mad we you know played a pretty good ball game against them and I, they're frustrated there at the end and you know so I I. I, I get it but it's just not it's not right and it's you know as long as I'm on the field and you know it seems like John on it's not going to happen uh that locker room afterwards you've been in a lot of locker rooms where it's depressed heartache Mm -hmm. how do we lose that game embarrassment Mm -hmm. describe that locker room when you're walking through that tunnel getting back in there after you clinch a playoff spot yeah no it was awesome you know just uh for us I feel like that was like our the first one of the first complete games we've like played as a whole team here in a while like you know just from the offense to defense to special teams it's like it was just a complete game we all fed off each other like we had a one turnover and the defense came up and shut them down and you know I missed the field goal and after that I was like oh we'll be fine like and we that next drive we, tr- we marched right down the field and scored again and it was it was pretty cool so I just it was it was nice to you know have those feelings in the locker room and not be the sad and you know depressed type you know thing and you know just you know just being sad boy going home basically um, you getting ready now? I mean, it's always that unique situation in the NFL when you go into a game where you're, you know, it's not going to affect what you do in two weeks from now. Everyone else is in control. You know, it's either Minnesota or San Francisco, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to one of those two places. Uh, take me inside a player's mind. You're trying to stay focused, I would assume, and this is just another game. Let's get ready to go. What do you, you know, how do you approach this? Because this is really the first time that you're getting ready for a playoff game. And what's it going to feel like on Monday when you walk in here and it's not about packing up and going home? Yeah, I don't know. I've never had to feel that feeling before. So it's a, it'll be a first time thing, but it'll be, it's, it's, it'll be nice. I'll tell you that. Not to have to walk in here and pack your locker up and, you know, say goodbyes to everybody and, you know, see what everybody's doing for the offseason type thing. So it'll be, it'll be a pretty good feeling. So If it's Minnesota, and I'm, obviously I'm not pinning you anything, but is there an advantage to having played a team just a couple weeks ago? Um, yeah, no, I definitely think it is. You know, we know their personnel. We know what they, they bring to the, you know, the game as a defense, and I feel like it's easier to prepare for what you've played recently. So it's just it's more uh, familiar is what I'm saying. I know talking to you at the beginning of this season when you were still waiting and making your comeback that in, in your mind it was get back and prove that you could play. Mm-hmm. All these months later now, whenever this season ends, have you proven to yourself that you've got more time in this league than maybe anyone would have said you had a uh, couple months ago? Definitely. I definitely proved myself that I could uh, you know, play football again and I feel like at a pretty good level. Um, 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm here. I've, you know, a couple bad plays here and there, but I feel like I've, but who doesn't that far, right? But I feel like I've proven to everybody, and especially myself, that I'm, a, I can do it again and play at a good level, high level. Do you have a, a feeling for this team right now, where you guys are at, and what, what's the mood going into the playoffs? Yeah, no, I, I feel, I feel have a good feeling. You know, I, uh, you know. I believe in our team, and I have confidence in our team. That's gonna—they're gonna play well, and we just gotta, you know, go play consistent, and you know, play play our our game, you know, and just you know, be be us, you know, be a Giants. Nick Gates, who I think is the comeback player of the year in the NFL this year, I don't think there are many people who would argue with me. Thanks for joining me. Good luck, not only on Sunday in Philly. Stay healthy, and then get after it in the playoffs. Awesome, appreciate it. Art. All right, special thanks to Nick Gates. Appreciate him joining me. Uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. You know, in only Nick Gates fashion, he said he had, uh, you know, little chills in the beginning when we started talking about some of the circumstances involved with the Giants. And, you know, I should have made the joke then. Here's Gates with no shirt on coming right out of the weight room and sitting down for that interview. So I do appreciate his time. It's always a hectic schedule after practice, squeezing that between meetings. So thanks to Gates. And, you know, I, I seriously mean that. The idea that Alex Smith got the comeback player of the year, and rightfully so, for coming back from his injury. I know Nick Gates is an offensive lineman, and he's, you know, someone who's not at the exposure level of an Alex Smith at the time. But if you watch that documentary on Gates's injury on the Giants YouTube page and truly appreciate what he went through, uh, there is no question the fact that Nick Gates now has come back. He started, he's played in nine games, started seven at left guard and at center. There is no question that Nick Gates should be the comeback player of the year in the NFL. And... We shall see how that ends up. I know he's probably not going to win the award. And as he said, so be it. He's just happy to be back out on the field. I can tell you that with conversations with Nick, he was just hoping that the Giants would bring him back next year as a potential reserve lineman when he was getting close to being activated and getting back out there on the field. The fact that Nick Gates has been such a, an important part up front for this team and bringing the flexibility needed. And this rotation at left guard with Nick Gates and Ben Bredesen continuing just shows you that this front office and this coaching staff believes in Gates as much as they do uh, some of the other pieces on the interior. I know he hasn't jumped in at, at center with John Feliciano still maintaining that spot. Uh, and I know there's been a lot of fans who wanted Gates to move there. But in reality, the fact that Gates is one of the top six linemen on this team and contributing going into week 18, when, as he said a year ago, he wasn't sure where he would be at this point, is just a tremendous win for him and for the Giants. And uh, obviously wish Nick well and... Uh, it's always going to be fun to see what transpires for him in the immediate future uh, once this season ends, whenever that may be. So, all right, let's talk. Let's hit a couple topics. Number one, I think what matters right now going into Philly is everyone wants to know will Brian Dable 
not play his starters? And how will he approach it? And all I keep hearing about is 2007 and Tom Coughlin deciding to play all of his guys in a meaningless game the week before they clinched the playoff spot in Buffalo when Ahmad Bradshaw went nuts and, you know, they went up against the undefeated Patriots and they didn't lie down and they didn't bench their guys and they went and played for the integrity of the league and they showed that even though they lost to New England, that they could beat that team when they faced them again in the Super Bowl several weeks later. That's all true. All part of the Giants' legacy, all part of Tom Coughlin's legacy, the voicemail from John Madden celebrating the Giants, celebrating Coughlin for doing what he did. This is not 2007. This is not the same thing. The Patriots were lined up to make NFL history. The Giants owed it to the league and to themselves to not be the team that just handed a get-out-of-jail-free card and gave them that 16th win. They weren't going to do that. This is different. You know you are playing in the playoffs in two weeks. Really, in a week, come Sunday. Or Saturday. Or Monday. Depending on the playoff schedule. And for this team to be in this situation, number one, you know what your depth is. Number two... I got to hear the same people who went nuts on Brian Dable and the Giants for having Adoree Jackson return punts and get hurt, now upset that the Giants aren't going to play their starters in a game that doesn't matter to them against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm all for going after this game and trying to win. And maybe you're more desperate as the Giants if you're not playing your quote-unquote frontline players. But if I'm Brian Dable and I'm representing the Giants, this is not the same thing as what happened with the Eagles two years ago in 2020 when they were determining who made the who made the playoffs, who won the division, and who stayed home. Washington played Philly. The Giants beat Dallas. But this was about a playoff spot. And Doug Peterson didn't play his backup quarterback, Nate Sudfeld, in the second quarter. He waited until the fourth quarter when the game was in the balance. He had every right to do that. I didn't think it was the right thing to do because at that point you're playing for a playoff spot. You're, it's not your playoff spot, but it's the integrity of the league in a playoff spot. So... What do I expect from the Giants this week? I don't believe you'll see Daniel Jones. I don't believe you'll see Saquon Barkley play. I don't think you'll see Andrew Thomas. Maybe even Evan Neal doesn't play. I don't believe you're going to see a lot of Nick Gates and Mark Lewinsky. I just don't. I don't think those guys will be out there. I don't think you're going to see John Feliciano. So, on the flip side... I don't think you're going to see Leonard Williams, Aziz Ojolari. I would not play Kayvon Thibodeau. I would not play Julian Love. I wouldn't play Jalen Smith. I think at linebacker, I'm going to play Jared Davis, Micah McFadden, and Carter Coughlin. That's who I'm playing at inside linebacker on Sunday. Or In the secondary, 
I might give Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney a series or two just to be able to get them out there more reps before you have to get focused for your playoff game in a week and a half, week and change. But I just don't think I wouldn't play Dexter Lawrence. You're talking about now the difference between this team getting ready to play a playoff game affecting the seeding of the Eagles and the Cowboys and maybe the 49ers. I'm sorry. It's not worth it. I think they'll go out there and they will do their best to try to beat the Eagles and be competitive. And I think in some ways they might be more competitive with the guys who are not the starters. You can flex your muscles a little bit. Do do some crazy things. Get Matt Breda and Gary Brightwell opportunities. Maybe you play Ben Bredesen at center to see what he can give you there. You got Wyatt Davis, who you just picked up. Maybe he slides in there at one of the guard spots. Get him in there. See if he'll, he'll be able to help you in the playoffs. So that's my answer to what the Giants will do on Sunday. I think Brian Dable will rest his guys. Uh, and I, I don't even like the idea of resting guys. It's not about resting guys. It's being smart with guys. That's the most important thing. And I think they'll be smart about it. Except maybe they'll play Dory Jackson at punt returner and then everybody can scream and yell again. Well, that does it for this week's episode. I appreciate you tuning in. I will be in Philadelphia on Sunday. We will make the determination after the game if it's worth doing a post-game podcast. I only want to do a post-game podcast to be able to break down what's happening in the playoff picture. I don't think there's much to talk about as far as what happens in the Giants-Eagles game, but if there is, you can look for for a new episode of All In. I will make sure I put it out there. So, thanks for listening this week. Again, thanks to Nick Gates. And next week, playoff edition of All In with Art Stapleton. We'll work on a couple different guests. We'll see if what we can hammer out and get that done for you. We appreciate it as always, and happy 2023 to everyone again. And as always, thanks for listening. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.